great to have you here. We really hope you've enjoyed the carol service so far. My name is Phil Varley, and I'm one of the pastors here at King's. And uh, as I was preparing for uh, this evening, I was thinking about our theme. I was thinking about light. And I was struck by the fact that actually when it comes to the Christmas season, around this time of year, uh, most of us put a little bit more effort into uh, the way we kind of present our houses. And in particular, we like to use different lights in our house to make them look a bit more festive and special, don't we? And I was thinking how this has changed over the years. And uh, I have some photographic evidence of this. Uh, this is a picture of, I've got two pictures actually of me when I was two years old. I'm the cute one at the front and over here in the lovely red jumper. And uh, this is in my mum and dad's front room. And uh, you can see their brown swirly carpet, which was fashionable in the 70s. And I'm sure it's back in now. Apologies for those of you who also have brown swirly carpets. And uh, now here we go. This is basically what we did at Christmas. We'd kind of get a Christmas tree and we'd bung up some tinsel. It didn't really matter what color it was and any old lights and just throw it on there. And it was like this random eclectic mix of colors and lights. And that's basically as far as it went back in the day. Anybody else can relate to that? Okay. Ah, there we go. Some of you are going, that's what we do now. I don't know, but okay. Um, and that's cool. But that's not what we do now, is it? We don't do, we do this now, don't we, in our houses? Okay. This is what we do now, isn't it? That's my house. And uh, I put a bit more effort in this. That was last year, my house. And um, that's what we do now. Now, these houses are fantastic, aren't they? They're just such fun. In fact, our family, one of the things we'll do this week is we'll get all our kids in the car and we will drive around the local houses, and you all know where they are, and we will vote on which one is the best one. We don't actually give the house an award, but I know which was the winner last year. And so for those of you who have those houses, thank you for the free entertainment. Uh, in fact, some of the people who do these to their houses go for this in such a big way that they actually, some of them will have a, a ceremony for this turning on of the lights. Has anybody else been to one of those? So, just me. No, there's about three of us. Okay. You can go. And uh, it's great. There's free food. I think you are supposed to give money to charity often, but there is food and drinks and loads of people turn up and you don't have to go to Regent Street anymore. You can just go to Downey Road in Downham. It's great. Now... Some of, you, uh, some of you have these houses, don't you? Some, of you? some of you live next door to people who have these houses, and you're here and you haven't slept for about three weeks because it's permanently daytime where you live. And this is the first dark space you've been in for weeks, and you're probably slipping off to sleep as I talk right now. Obviously, there are loads and loads of examples of these houses on the internet if you search around. But the next picture we're going to show you is the best one we could find. This is the one that the team liked the most. Okay, it's two houses next door to each other. Now, here's the first house. Okay, so, and then this is the house next door to it. <laughs> it just takes a little time to register, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, what a good idea. Like that house. Some of you are thinking, I'm doing that next year. Now, I don't know when this all began with houses. This has only been in the last few years. And I'm not even quite sure why we do it. But I do think it's partly because we love light. There's something about light that we are attracted to. I don't know if you've noticed, but how in the kind of darker, colder months, in the winter and the autumn and the spring, it, sometimes things feel a little bleaker, don't they? And uh, whereas when, you know... You'll find life a little harder, but in the summer months when it gets warmer and the days are longer, we just tend to feel a bit better about things. In the winter months, creation hibernates, but when the light comes, when the warmth comes, life comes. When it's darker, everything seems bleaker. I don't know if you've 
ever had those things where you're worried and you wake up in the night and suddenly it feels like everything is louder in your head, yeah? Whereas in the morning when it's daylight, it just feels a little more diluted. It just feels a little better about things. In the night, we tend to find fear presses in a bit more when it's darker. This was kind of highlighted to me a few years ago when I was, uh, I was with a good mate of mine, uh, Mike, and we had the evening together, and we decided that we wanted to watch a film, and we were searching around for a film, and we couldn't find really what we wanted, and I came across a film that I had, like, almost inadvertently recorded off the TV called What Lies Beneath. Has anybody else seen this film? Okay, now this is not a romantic comedy. That would have been a bit weird for me and Mike to be sitting to watch it. Okay, but it's, it's not a comedy. I probably could have been able to tell that from the name of the film. Okay, this is such a scary film. Okay, it's like, I recorded off the TV. It had adverts, and you know normally it's like, oh, just get through the adverts so we can get back to the film. Literally, we're like, let's put, keep the adverts on. Let's go slow-mo on the adverts. We're like, oh, breathe, breathe. And the film, basically, from what I can recall Um, because I tried to kind of block most of it, was about a couple. It was Harrison Ford, and I think it's Michelle Pfeiffer, and they buy this house, okay? It is a big, old, scary house. You can tell from the moment they buy it. Don't buy the house. It looks like the kind of house they got on Scooby-Doo. You know it's going to be scary, okay? And you want to say, don't buy that house, Harrison. It's a bad idea, okay? And everything about the house is scary. Every time they go to the house, scarier things happen. And literally, every time they go, it is always dark, and it is always raining. And I'm there listening, watching the TV, saying to Harrison, Harrison Ford, go to the house. When it's daylight, it won't be half as scary. We like the light. But I think we like light not just because of what it does for us physically, how it makes us feel. But I think we like light because of what it represents for us. Light represents hope. It speaks to us of new starts and new life and new beginnings. It reminds us that after the darkness of the night, a new dawn is coming. Light is something kind of transcendent, isn't it? You can't touch it. It's something you can't buy. But it reminds you there must be more than physically just what around us. There's something about it. And this Christmas story is bathed in light. Gabriel appears to Mary. Wise men follow a star, a light in the sky that they follow, and it comes to rest over a stable. Angels appear in amazing light before shepherds. And the light in the story is particularly significant because the story is set in the context of so much darkness. You see, often when we retell the story, we, we kind of think the story is like quite a nice story. And there are very sweet moments to the nativity story. But actually, it's set in the context of real challenge. Israel, at the time, is an occupied nation. It is a nation under Roman rule. In other words, these are people who are dissatisfied. They are desperate for something to change. And Jesus is born right into the center of the darkness. God chooses, if you like, the darkest place in the darkest time to come to earth. Born into a stable, to a family who are in disgrace, hunted by Herod, forced to flee, and they become refugees. And it is into the darkness, into the difficulty and the challenge, that light starts to break through. I don't know what your year has been like or what your own personal story is. I don't know how you feel about the situation in the world this year. It's been a pretty 
amazing year, a significant year, or even how you feel about your own heart. Maybe things seemed bathed in light for you right now. Or maybe a bit like we heard from uh, my friend Michael. Michael comes to our church, that story we heard earlier. Maybe amongst all the glow of Christmas, things seem pretty dark for you. If at times it feels dark, and if it's difficult to see the way through, if you need some hope, some light, then this story is for you. Because like we heard in the first reading from Isaiah, the people who are walking in darkness, for whom there is challenge, begin to see a great light. You see, the real power of the Christmas story, the reason we tell this story of light year in, year out, again and again, is because it speaks to us powerfully of hope, of new life and new starts. It says to us that change is possible, that a new dawn can come. It is, if you like, an incredibly uplifting and powerful story. But it's not just that. If you read the story right, it's uplifting, but it is also, at the same time, very challenging and humbling. Because this Christmas story of light is saying to us, the reason to hope, if you like, the source of the hope, comes from beyond ourselves. It's not something we can conjure or orchestrate for ourselves. The kind of hope we need is not something you can just buy. The kind of life we desire is not something we just create. In other words, we don't hold all the answers. You see, every star in the story, every angel song, every angelic dream, every, if you like, glimpse of light is there to lead people towards the true light of the world. That's the point of the story. Jesus, and this is the great gospel claim, Jesus, the true light that gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. That's why, when they met this baby, that's why kings bowed down. That's why, when they met this baby, why the shepherds worshipped. That's why when they announced the news, angels sang. Jesus was coming, not to create a nice twee story, but to bring life, to bring hope where there is darkness, to shine into our darkness, to outshine the darkness. I don't know where you are this evening or what you believe or what you don't believe. I don't know how your own story is going. But in, the, in a moment, the team here are going to perform the first verse of an old and very beautiful Christmas hymn. And the song speaks of a desire for hope, for change, for Jesus' light to dawn and break through. And as they perform it, I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you to think, to reflect to respond, if you like, in your own heart. And if you feel comfortable with this, I want to encourage you even to pray and ask God to shine his light into your life.